Hey there, welcome back to How I Got Hired. Today's episode is a little bit different. This is part of a conversation that I had with two gentlemen at the end of 2021, Mark Anthony Dyson and Damien Burkle. This was a conversation about interviewing in today's world and how things have changed and how to avoid some of the classic mistakes we don't know we make over and over again. This was such a good conversation that I had to share it right here with my precious listeners of How I Got Hired. So these two gentlemen are super interesting and I highly recommend you follow them on LinkedIn. Mark Anthony Dyson is in Chicago and he is a prolific writer, blogger, podcaster, founder. He's got his own podcast called the voice of job seekers and he shares very street smart advice um, on LinkedIn and on his podcast. And Damon Burkle is based in North Carolina and has had a successful corporate career and has been providing job search support since February 1992. So he's been around the block, my friends. He knows what he's talking about. So definitely check both these gentlemen out on LinkedIn and everything they share specifically on job search and today's episode is all about interviewing in 2022. This was such a good conversation. We talked about Peanuts, Charlie Brown, Downton Abbey, you you name it. Um, You know, because the topic can be a little bit dry and a little bit depressing about rejection and interviews, but this was not dry and depressing at all. So grab a pen and paper, grab your favorite warm beverage and enjoy the listen. What is the one thing that job candidates should stop doing during interviews? Uh, Then we're going to start with the girl in the group tunnel. Mark, I think you've, this is a topic you guys have probably done like to death um i have done to death and most coaches on linkedin have talked about it in text posts and articles right right so i'm gonna give a slightly different approach here okay go for um, it <laughs> the thing is we don't want you to land you know convert the interview to an offer we want you to convert the interview to the offer we want you to get the job not any job um, mm-hmm. and that mindset shift is critical. And, and I know words like mindset shift, mindset shift and authenticity and gets tossed around. It gets tossed around like free. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, today's, um, live stream that I did was with a headhunter. He's based in London and his, um, he places people around the world. Uh, he confirmed what a lot of us are thinking. He's having huge problems placing people. Mm-hmm. Clients are, you know, on his back. He's got a very tough time. He's got five, personally, he's got five positions to close. We know we've all been on the recruiting side. We know how hard it is. And he said the hardest thing is every single candidate has multiple job offers right now. I'm happy for them, but he's like, it makes my life miserable because it can change last minute. So mm-hmm. I really want to stress the fact that this is a candidate driven market. Um. And it has been pretty much throughout for the right people. It's been like this pretty much throughout. Maybe a a small gap between, you know, in 2020 when it wasn't the case. So what one has to stop doing is one has to stop calling it interviews. Let's stop. Because the way I'm going to approach this is the way I'm going to approach 
all active single people today who are not looking at dating just you know look for fun but they're looking at seriously getting married now what do they do when they want to seriously get married they go on dates that they've been set up on right by friends or maybe by an app so when they're preparing for those meetings they'll be like who am i going to be meeting let me google this person okay uh mm-hmm. and they have a few questions they've thought about good but at the same time they're not thinking please god i want to land you know i want to end up with this person because they don't know yet so you've got to approach it with a very open mind and be like okay this is really interesting it's a conversation so this is the way i think of it in the early stages mm-hmm. when you don't know the company yet you don't know the culture you don't know the people you're checking for fit just like those guys are checking for fit um you're not being arrogant you're not naive and it's not like candidate driven market so you have the upper hand it's an i would say it's always been equal um uh, but so many times mark you damien you probably have experience when things look great on paper and then you sign and then you start you're like holy heck what is this place <laughs> <laughs> behind the curtains and you're like wow i mean the honeymoon period lasted like 8 hours and right. and then they're like welcome to this mess and then you realize the people are actually not the way you thought they were and then the, the role and the company and the industry etc cetera, etc cetera. so you want to be able to do that homework and you want to do it honestly so when you approach things from a point of view of conversation in the early stages the stakes don't feel so high the mm-hmm. pressure is not that much you show up the way you show up normally it's less of a theater performance and it's more you checking them out and them checking you out and you're like do we ha-? you know it's just like that you want to meet again yes oh fantastic great and if they don't want to you you had some hunches you know your instincts were telling you this is maybe not the so that is the way i would approach it as opposed to oh my gosh this is an interview it's like an exam i have to prepare what if they don't like you know all of those i would say pre 2020 way of thinking that's mm. what i would urge every single person to do because uh, half the people listening today mark will say this girl is on crack like what is she saying she doesn't understand but the you know you need to get it and one day you will get it there's a company which is the right company and it's waiting for you you have maybe you haven't found it yet but it's there it doesn't mean you have to kiss every single frog that comes <laughs> on route you know anyway i'm done speaking with my weird analogies but i hope i kind of made some sense well i think your analogy is valid the thing i think about i think people are nervous on the first date because they're trying to make a great impression because we're told that the first impression is going to be the most that's going to decide whether you know and we do right so that first date we do we want to look good we you know we we put on a great perfume we do want to put on our best foot forward i'm not saying don't do that but it's not about like i hope they say yes that's what i think is because you don't know that yet right you you're, you're not at, at the asking stage you're you're at the discovery stage and yes. so you know the the advice i give young people now i said go try to have fun the first few yes. times and don't worry about that damian i know that you have thoughts and strategies and all that but i'm going to try to hold you to one for right now but uh, overall uh you i know the dating analogy resonates with you as well 
It it does. And what I hope job candidates stop doing is stop talking so much. Listen more. Mm-hmm. Align yourself with the interviewer better. And always remind yourself that if it's a first interview, your only job is to get a second interview. And that throughout the dance, throughout the process, the best way to communicate to the person that's interviewing with you is from the the stance of BE, be the answer. Mm-hmm. Be the answer to the employer's needs. And at the same time, you'll get a feel for um, what the company is like, what the people are like, but don't lunge at it just because you need a job. And also don't disregard the inner messages that you're getting, because if your intuition even after the first interview is telling you that there is just something wrong about this fit. There's something that feels funny about this company. Um, listen to the inside you, because I, I can tell you and Mark, I've, I've said this many times before, but every time when it's come to a job that I have gone against my intuition, it has always ended up, spectacularly bad yeah 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 i i think people tend to um they're still waiting to be chosen Uh, i really think that it's uh they sort of like they date uh it becomes a meat market to some people and that's when it often goes bad and you never get the satisfaction you're hoping to please the other person more so than you having the mutual uh, respect. So I think that that's uh, very valid. The other thing I think is during the interview process, if you will, is the job seekers stops looking for another interview job interview. Very often they'll start to rely on that interview because they're in the process and they're told we'll be in touch. And, and you tend to ride that horsey until it's dead. And then they never become in touch again in many cases, which we've talked about in other shows. But all in all is, is that you don't have to be the lame duck in the interview so, therefore, I think that that's something that, that job candidates do. Don't settle. Don't settle. It's like going using journals. You know, you don't just go on one date and think that's going to be the one. And that's the funny thing. You just said something. A company is not stupid. They're not wasting their time only interviewing you. It's a very expensive process. So, they're yeah. interviewing strategically multiple candidates. Why can't you do the same? Right. You interview yes, strategically yes. multiple companies. You're mirroring. It's not a bad thing. This is the practical world we live in. There's lots of companies are hiring, and sometimes they're not going to tell you are hiring. You got to put yourself in position to. to and get and there. hope is not a strategy, right? My my one of my right. favorite TV shows is is Downton Abbey, and and Dowager Countess Grantham says, "Never mistake a wish for a certainty." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotta yeah. gotta be practical in life. Yeah, it's 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 uh often Charlie Brown and Lucy. Lucy always pulls the football. 
right. <laughs> Always. And, and, and no matter what she may, and companies do that, they'll convince you and say, we've got this guy. And you are probably right. But they've told that to, you know, thousands of folks. So you just can't buy into that. So th- anybody want to add, Damien, do you want to add any, any additional thoughts to that? I do. Uh, one of the things that I tell folks that I'm working with when they say, oh, man, I, I finally got a job interview. It went really great. I say, you know, that's terrific. Now go out and find a minimum of three others because um, there was a study that was done by the Five O'Clock Club that uh, candidates that were searching that had that were in the interview process um, eight out of every 10 times, eight times the position was not offered to them for a reason that they could neither plan nor predict or mm-hmm. control. And you as a job seeker interview much better when you have other opportunities that are in that pot for you because of the fact that if this particular job, for whatever reason, doesn't work out, you don't have to start all over again. You have two or three other opportunities that are in play. And in a best case scenario, many times one, two, and three will all come into the shoot about the same time. Mm -hmm. And then you can negotiate from a a very strong position within the three. Mm -hmm. So that's a frustrating thing. There's a drought for an extended period of time. And suddenly when it rains, it pours. That's the Mm -hmm. way it is. (laughs) If you've done all that you're, you know, that you can do. But I think I'm going to add a second one here. And and based on what Damien just said, and I'm not trying to be greedy and take up time. I think there's a point to this. And I think people get caught in this. People get sentimental really quick about a good conversation. Yes. And it, 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 and and two things often happen. People get the re, people don't leave companies faster because they get sentimental about who they work with, and it, but yet if they really took themselves out of out of the conversation, the company didn't care about you as much as they do <laughs> about themselves. But also the fact that they had you have a few good conversations doesn't mean that they really like you. They like you to a certain point. They may kiss you on the cheek, but they're not willing to hold your hand. I'm so glad you said that, Mark, because this is where the dating um, analogy comes to an end. Because the emotional side, we're not getting married. Right. Uh, You're, you're, you know, with companies, they're like, no, but they really like me and uh, it's going to work out. So I'm going to say no to the other's. They'll drop you. I mean, my dad's favorite advice, there's many a slip between the cup Mm -hmm. and the lip. He's been saying that to me forever, especially when I was dating this guy who now is my husband. Uh, But I was acting like as if the deed is done. And he was like, hold on, hold on. So that stayed with me. So it can change like the last kilometer, the last mile. You don't know somebody weird comes in or they pull the offer or um, budget is done. Then what? Right, you're stuck. Yeah. You're, yeah. Stuck. you're 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 
something. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're you're stuck, and don't become sentimental with the company no. because it never ends well at all. It just no. doesn't. Um, Mark, very quick last point. Um, sure, go ahead. Uh, I'm shout out to Jack Kelly, who's your Wednesday host, because uh, he and I chatted about this once. And anything which is 10 to 14 interviews, there's a very clear problem in that company because there is decision making yeah. process. Um, there's a broken down process when it comes to and they are uh, no, some nobody has the guts to say I draw a line in the sand. So that's also not a great sign. Mm-hmm. of uh, company culture that you want to be a part of because yeah. on paper they'll say we are agile uh, and all of these cool things we do we have articles on LinkedIn and Harvard Business Review and then it comes to hiring someone and <laughs> they're like dangling the person for eight months well I'm just going to go ahead and say companies lie and they're oh, not yeah. and they, they lie and they're not objective about themselves no matter how many employees they have and, you know, we can see it. We see it in the news and people are telling on those companies and every company will have a closet full of skeletons that they'll Amen. have to that will they'll have to deal with one particular point or another. So, you know, let's go on to the next one. Um, there's a lot of questions that <laughs> that uh, job candidates will get tired of. And what questions should we wish that would go away? And I know there's a whole bunch of questions that often ask. Damien, I'm going to start with you because you obviously have, have got this nailed already. <laughs> I wish, I don't know why people do it. Google does it. Uh, Facebook does it. But some of these ridiculous gotcha questions like how many ping pong balls fit into a DC 10? Or can you tell me, please, how many light bulbs are in midtown Manhattan? Now, I understand that those are to put a push person on the spot to see how they can react to a very disorienting situation and see how quickly uh, they react on their feet. But Having been asked questions like that, you know, you could have been in a great kind of space with the interviewer and and feel really good. And then such a a question like that is so jarring uh, to most people, not not every interviewer, that it can undo such a good impression that you've built throughout the interview. And it's it's really not necessary. It, It puts the interviewer here and it puts the person mm-hmm. being interviewed all the way down at the, the the bottom and again i understand why they do it but i i would think that uh, that any person who's ever been interviewed uh would wish that uh, trick questions would go away that's a great point and and you know <laughs> I'm not sure. I've seen some trick questions in my past, and I've been on the other end of some quick trick questions. But not only they are turn off, but it tells a lot about the person that asks it because mm-hmm. they're looking for something that's not there. And very often, I think it's more of a fishing expedition. I don't know how you feel about them, Sonal, but, you know, I – I I was gonna I, I was gonna start with them, but Damien already um, stole my thunder. <laughs> How many pens can you fit in a house? Like, oh my god, kill me now! Um, it's either like these or 
you know, I call these butt questions boring, either boring, unoriginal or traditional. You know, it feels like someone in the 1950s, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure this is true. I'm not making it up. Someone in the 1950s or early 1960s wrote an interview handbook. Like these are the top questions to ask. And for some godforsaken reason, this handbook has been passed on decade to decade till to 2021. And we have a hangover from that book or set of books. And we're still continuing to ask those questions. We are not questioning them. So for example, what are your greatest weaknesses? Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, you want to know that? Find out what they failed at. There is a way to ask. Behavioral questions are there. You can get the outcome without being so pointed. Like I just met you 20 minutes ago and you want to know what I'm weak at? Like, how weird are you? And how invasive are you? Mm-hmm. Um, where will where do you think you'll be five years from now? Okay, buddy. I bet you don't know where your company is going to be five years from now. I don't even know what I'm having for lunch tomorrow. Like, let alone, like my Indian, when I get angry, my Indian accent comes out. I don't know what I'm having for lunch tomorrow. And you want to know what I'm doing like five years from now. (laughs) So obviously, you know, you have to give these answers that sound smart. And I have all these formula to help, you know, my clients and my YouTube viewers. And like, oh, focus on learning, focus on growth. Yes. But stop asking all of that stuff. And instead, you know, Get to know the person as well as you can. Will they get along with your team? Are they adding something to the picture? Not culture fit, but culture add. Are they bringing a new set of eyes which you don't have? Um, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that hangover, like somebody's just got to drink some avocado juice and get that hangover out <laughs> and face the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Because the pity is young people are also being trained on those uh, ways of interviewing uh, 21, 22 year old who's getting into HR or recruiting is still asking those questions. And I I hope people start questioning that more and more and saying, hey, there's a better way. That's a very interesting perspective because I think there have been a couple of times when I interviews that I didn't get the job that I would ask, I said, so what are you looking for with this particular question? And one question, and I, I said, is there a more direct question you can ask? <laughs> that, one, that one got me in a lot. That, actually, that one was one that I got a job with because mm. one of my mentors actually asked that question in a whole different scenario. But I asked, I asked, I said, you know, is there a more direct question? Because, you know, one, interviewers are not trained to interview. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe one or two out of 10 are, but everybody else, they're not. In fact, it's the last thing on their list. They don't want to interview because they know interviews suck. Yeah, <laughs> they know interviews suck, and they know that the, because they went through the company interview that same guy, and said, "Oh, he's gonna suck, and I don't want to be a part of." It, but I got to now. Mm-hmm. But the other half too is that sometimes they're just like, "Tell me about yourself." I hate it. I understand the the, the purpose. I know you want to get people to talk, but it, again, it it lacks. Any kind of depth that you're looking for, it never ends the way that you're. Nobody's ever been impressed by saying, "Wow, I love the way you told me about yourself." Nobody's <laughs> ever stopped. Have you guys? 
No, I haven't. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you might be, you might be, okay, they they speak well, but that was just the first question. It's just and the there first question. There are times yeah. that I go, but nobody just stops and say, well, I'm really impressed with that. In fact, you know, for only so long you could keep a poker face because right. most of the answers are horrible. You know, those questions, it's just it's passed yeah. on, but there's no depth. There's no reason. They got to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I just want to say whether we like it or not, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you know, we're otherwise we're in an echo chamber. Uh, we don't like it. We bash these questions up. But as a, an active job seeker, you got to know the rules of the game so you can know which ones to break, which ones to keep for yourself. And, you know, people like Mark, people like Damien, people like myself, we do have certain ways to answer these boring, unoriginal, traditional questions. Get around to learning them that's part of your prep um and that's one of the things that will help you to stand out because you're not going to be working with that recruiter for the rest of your career it's only you know what i mean it's like um it's an obstacle course you don't like mm -hmm. this particular obstacle doesn't matter go through it around it under it over it we're going on a bear hunt <laughs> and then get to the other side because eventually you want to you know, it's more about the destination. And your estimation, and I, you probably have given it as based on the discussion, uh, your best preparation interview tip, and I know we didn't discuss that before that, but I think it's a good time now to kind of give some actionable items for the peoples who are watching. Uh, Damien. Sure. Why don't you uh, lead us off? As, as the king of losing his job, um, one of the uh, things that, that I used to do, and it's a great way, by the way, to reduce anxiety, especially when I was traveling uh, back in the days before Zoom, where they actually would fly you to the job site to interview. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a list of the 99 most frequently asked questions. And while I was traveling, I was quizzing myself. And then the night before the interview, I'd quiz myself, but also make sure I went to bed relatively early. And by having answers to whatever it is, top 25, top 50, top 100, whatever you're comfortable with, just by having answers to those questions, nine times out of 10, the question that you're dreading the most will never get asked. And mm. if it does get asked, you will have already worked out an answer in one form, shape, or another, because ultimately, this is your interview. And the other thing, a mindset that I had as I would walk in, is also to realize that in addition to concentrating on building rapport and um, being the answer, demonstrating my abilities as they meet the needs of the position, but also realizing that I had just as great, uh, uh, I could basically interview the person that was interviewing me just as rigorously as they were interviewing me because, you know, I too, as a candidate, have a right to at least get a feel for uh, what I'm getting myself into and uh, having four or five really insightful questions prepared so that at the end of the interview, when they say, 
do you have any questions, you're ready to go, um, that, that puts you in a, in a good mindset because you're going in as an equal, not the person being very high and you being very low. And when you go in with that perspective, you relate to that person as a potential coworker and not somebody way up in the clouds that you need to cower in fear as you're interviewing with. Yeah, that's sort of related to what just said about mindset, right? So, hundred percent. Um, and I think this question alone, Mark, can be a whole um, hour. So, if I have to like um, make a short version of this um, in terms of preparation, you know, who is it who said the harder I work, the luckier I get, the more. And there's the best strategy is always to be um, over prepared. Again, one of my favorite quotes is um, from Downton Abbey by. by I think it's Carson, never leave anything to chance, my lady. So um, I like to keep things simple because one can get overwhelmed with preparation. What do I do? What do I do? So I have a three-step process, very simple. CPR, the CPR approach. C stands for company. You want to find out as much as you can about the company, call up people, find out about the culture, look at the websites, look at social media, check out Twitter, check out Instagram, check out their earnings call, all the stuff that you can and you've got to put on your detective hat. There are no shortcuts. Chances are you're not like Obama who has a press briefing team who can do all that for you. You've got to do it yourself. It is completely worth it because it shows when you open your mouth, it distinguishes you from others who are, you know, speaking bullcrap from like superficial level. So that's C. P stands for two things, position and problem. So when you look at the job opening, the description, you, you've got to read it every like few days with a new fresh set of eyes and understand what is the problem they want to solve? Why have they opened this position up? It's such an expensive process for them. Uh, and you'll find out, ah, okay, it comes down to cost saving. Oh, okay, it comes down to they're having problems in sales. They will not maybe say it out loud in so many words. You got to read between the lines. That's the problem. That's the position. And the third one is R, which is recruiter slash interviewer. I like R because it's CPR. Mm-hmm. And you want to do a little bit of homework on these people. I mean, don't be the stocky person who goes on their Facebook and sees how many kids and how many dogs they have. But at the same time, LinkedIn, you can be as stocky as you want on LinkedIn. You're allowed. You can see where they were before. Maybe you were in the same college or you have a friend who went to the same uh, school or a volunteer association or whatever. And with the CPR approach, come up with, I don't know, 10 questions maybe three, 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 something like that for each C and P and R. So mm-hmm. you're not going to ask all 10, but when the time comes, you're so prepared. And you're like, you have any questions for us? Maybe some of the questions have already been answered, but you want to ask questions that Google cannot answer, right? You want to answer, ask questions that are like, hey, I, I saw in the earnings call that this particular thing happened. And so is that the new is that the new uh, strategy going forward? Because I saw that this product was taken off the shelf and they're like, oh gosh, this person really um, did their homework. That shows, even if you're not interested, that shows that you're interested, shows that you're hungry and it shows that you've been paying attention. These are very attractive qualities. Now, Mm -hmm. as an interviewer, I'm like, I want this person. And 
let's face it, the interview process is flawed because human beings are flawed. Every one of us has biases, whether we know it or not. So when we listen to a person who's done this CPR approach or any other approach that works, in our head, we're thinking, you know, it's the Jedi mind trick. Like, okay, I can imagine being in line at the cafeteria um, and I can imagine being at the offsite with this person. I want to learn from this person. I want this person in my corner. And so when the time comes for salary negotiation, etc., um, let's just, let me say it politely, exceptions are made more frequently than people realize. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they could be forgiving, but also they can be as heartless <laughs> than people even realize. And yeah. uh, one of the things that I did when I was working around in companies, um, and it was a suggestion from one of my mentors, she said, call the 800 number uh, with the company that you, you work with. I said, Really? Said, yeah. So I would call the 800 number and start talking to whoever. the. She didn't give me any other instruct, instruction than to call 800 number. And you get a really great feel for calling the 800 number because, one, the best part of the company's brand and the worst part of the company's brand is going to be on the person that answers the phone who's answered 100 calls that that particular day. And that's no joke. Because they're either great at it, they're energized, or they're not so great at it. And that's where you can really find really deep, dark secrets sometimes. If you're able to talk to one person for more than five or ten minutes, you can really get some great information out of it, good, bad, or indifferent. How that relates to today is, though, a lot of people, yeah, there are 800 numbers and there are more gatekeepers and there are prompts and things like that. So it's not as easy, but people should network deeper and not wider in their approach to research. And that goes along with what both of you said. And what I mean is, is that you talk to people in the company get referrals as opposed to looking for more people to talk to the company because the people that you talk to are going to talk to people that they know that you can talk to. Let's go on to the last question. <clears throat> I think this is one where people also struggle is what to do after their final interview. You've been told that you're the one of the main considerations. Uh, people know what not to do and what to do. Uh, sometimes, and I think some people will get confused on what not to do, and it's going to be different for every single person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, Sunil, uh, in your mm -hmm. estimation, uh, what people shouldn't do after an interview, uh, after they had their final interview? So this is where it gets tricky, because yeah. how long are you going to wait? That's the thing that is not in your control. And as much as we can, we do like some sense of control. That's the way we are as human beings. So um, what not to do is completely disappear and you know ghost. Um, so let's say they come back three weeks later. It's been three weeks. You know, Anything could have happened in this period of time. Maybe they found someone else. I don't know. Um, so keep in touch. You know, and it can even be like an email. Um, hey, listen, I absolutely loved meeting you no matter what happens. But I obviously hope that I get this job because I think I'm the perfect fit 
because of reason one, reason two, reason three. Um, I, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting with you and I can't wait to hear what the next steps are. So you got to make the ask and not be shy. Uh, remember many a slip between the cup and the lip it's not over till it's you know till the deed is done and these days people don't even say you know till the sign, contract is signed it's first day at the office like that is when you know it's actually first paycheck I think Mark uh, it was you who said that when you came on my live stream that that is you know the process starting and the process ending mm-hmm. uh, so um, don't ghost don't disappear don't be shy make the ask and um, it's just another reinforcing thing about, I got to get Damien. He's the right guy for the job. Did you read that email he sent? We're always so, so you know, seducing them because of the cover letter and all. Hey, it's coming to an end. Irrespective of whatever happens, you still want to be their number one. Yep. Yep. Damien. Um, just a couple of other things that kind of uh, add on. Uh, if you are so lucky is to have one or two offers all coming in at about the same time, you can slow one down and speed one up by a simple phone call. Yeah. Uh, if you have a very strong offer with another company and this company that we're talking about is dragging their feet, I did it. You pick up the phone and you call and you say, hey, listen, just want to let you know I have an offer in writing from one of your competitors, but I really want to work for your company more, but I'm going to be in a position of having to make a decision here in the next week. And I didn't think it was fair for me to make a decision with another competitor of yours, unless you knew it first. And that's how you find out how serious they are, because if in fact you are the person they will find a way to get an interview, sorry, an offer to you very quickly because they don't want to lose you. If you've made it to that final uh, tier and an offer hasn't come and it's been three weeks, four weeks, then you can pretty well assume that something has happened on the inside or there is another candidate that has surfaced and is now being entertained uh, in your absence. So uh, don't be afraid, uh, as was said, to um, ask for the job, reinforce the reason why you deserve the job, and uh, don't disappear. Uh, One thing I used to do uh, when I was waiting for an offer is I found another way to, another touch point, and that was found, uh, now this is old school, but I found an article about something that we had talked about. And I ripped the article out. I put a little yellow sticky on it and sent it hand addressed to the person and just said, you know, uh, Mark saw this article. Remember, we talked about this, thought you might enjoy. And then sent it to him. Yeah. And it got a response. Yeah. yeah. Oh, those kind of things. I think one of the things that people often do uh, rather than they not do is that they are still like that they remain static they tend to do nothing and they think that they don't want to mess anything up so they don't go anywhere Mm -hmm. and they'll wait on the one company and i say even if you get a final interview with one company 
there's nothing wrong with starting an interview process with another company. And even I'm beginning to think, even if you get the offer in your hand, that you should still continue the interview yes. and yes. even still try to get another offer. And yes. it's okay even if you say, well, you know, they ask you when you can start, start at a date where you have some time to use some of those techniques you guys have, uh, you all have said uh, to, uh, you know, try to speed up the other ones uh, yeah. to try to get to make it sense. I mean, it is, it, 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 you have to play, it, it, you have to be non-sentimental again yeah. about the one company that you're, you you're not cheating love. you're not married they're showing, and you're not they're cheating you affection they're giving you flowers and candy and you can't be faced by that because it may be misleading you may be it, it may be an abuser <laughs> it, it won't end well it won't end well at all and and, and i guess that's it should be in the conscious and mindset of, of most people today, especially when the competition is is you know dense. It is very thick, and people are people maybe aren't as desperate, but there'll be those who will be willing to do more than you if you let them. That's why you can't sit and wait uh, for a company act. You've got to keep it moving until you walk through that front door the first day. And I would even argue even then, you, you know, as I always say, job search is a lifestyle. And yes. just because you walk through the door and you go through the onboarding, maybe you may need to be quiet for a hot second. But not for all that long, you're always going to remain available in some, to some degree. Hey, here we are. Thank you for listening. And let's keep the conversation going. Tag me on LinkedIn. Tag me on Instagram. All my socials are in the show notes. What did you think of this chat between Mark, Damien and myself? And if you found this useful, share it with a couple of your closest friends who you think would benefit from listening to the conversation. And one little thing, if you enjoyed it, do give me a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world and it would help more people to discover the show. Take care of yourselves. I appreciate you and see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.